If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer or whatever device you have. You know, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you uh, so it can be heard on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I mean, a lot more. Mine is on there also. You know, I totally recommend it. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum, um, you know, listenership. Like, you don't have to have a minimum. Like, every time somebody click and play that thing, man, you're getting paid, man. I'm dead serious. I know that because that's why I'm talking to you right now. <laughs> it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. You know, um, and what I want you guys to do is go to uh, download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor F. Anchor.fm to get started. You know, that's anchor.fm to get started. This is the Honorable DJ Metal Monkey, and uh, I'm getting ready to start this show in a hot second. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, get that Anchor FM app and holler at your boy. You can call it magic, you can call it mystery, but you are going to call me. The Honorable DJ Mellow Monkey. Good morning, everyone. It's your girl, Raya X, and you're ready to what to do. It is your daily hip-hop exclusive. Tuning in to the Honorable DJ Metal Monkey Girlfriend details rappers tragic lean and Percocet addiction. All right, let's see what we got here. Alexia Smith, who dated Juice World back in 2018, has revealed the rapper consumed lean up to three Percocet pills a day. Juice World's ex-girlfriend Alexia Smith has opened up about her experience with the late rapper in relation to drugs. Nick Cannon slammed for Eminem should have died over Juice World. this track lyric. In an interview with the Daily Mail Smith from Livonia, Michigan, who dated Juice World for the majority of 2018, revealed that Juice World would take up to three potent Percocet pills a day and mix the drugs with lean. During the interview, Smith also claimed that she tried to help him get off of taking the drugs. She also alleged that Juice World became aggressive when he suffered withdrawal symptoms. Alexia claimed she decided to leave him due to the turbulent nature of the drug effects and impact on their relationship. In the report, Smith claimed that she saw the drug-heavy world Higgins was being brought into revealing someone from a label gave him morphine and cocaine on the third day she was visiting. Juice World's ex alleged that his depression apparently stemmed from a heartbreak and feeling misunderstood, which led him to turn to drugs. If you have family, girlfriend, money, you have the job that you want, but you're still unhappy at that point. Your brain isn't something properly and you properly and you need professional help, Smith said. She continued and he said that he would tell me, I need help, I need help. I'm telling people I need help and nobody believes me. Smith admitted that Juice World eventually tried to hide his Percocet use from her. She alleges that the Lucid Dreams rapper took up to three of the painkillers 
at a dose of 30 milligrams at a time. Despite how tragically the rapper passed away, his fans will always appreciate that his music, his music that will forever live on. So one thing I want to say about that is, I mean, if she knew that um, Juice World was addicted to drugs, why the fuck would you let him do it? Why the fuck you ain't call rehab? Why the fuck you ain't call the That means you ain't love him. That means you a selfish ass bitch and you only give a fuck about the money. That's what it looked like to me. Because real love, you will do anything to protect that person. So therefore, you didn't give a fuck about him. You just wanted the fame. And to be honest, I think there's two sides to every story. I think the bitch was doing it with him. What y'all think? Because to me, like if you sitting there watching this man devour all these pills, you literally watching him. So that means you don't love him. Point blank period. You just trying to look for attention and now that he's dead, you getting a lot of attention. You a clout chasing ass hoe. Excuse my language, y'all. Y'all know I'm explicit and I'm gonna be cussing up a goddamn storm. But that's how we gonna kick off this goddamn morning. All I wanna say is R.I.P. Juice World, I love you. Um, the other thing I wanna say is, bitch, shut the fuck up and mind your business. It is 21 Savage and the 30 Under 30 Dream Team. They tried to bury us. They didn't know we were seeds. A week after taking shots at President Trump's immigration policies on Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show last January, Grammy-nominated rapper Shia 21 Savage Ben Abraham Joseph was detained for 10 days by U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, ICE. Born in the UK, Abraham Joseph moved to Atlanta at the age of seven with his family and had overstayed his original visa by many years. He's a gangster, the 27-year-old performer said of the president in an October interview with Forbes. He don't give a damn. 21 Savage, a member of the 2019 Forbes Under 30 and a judge of this year's music list, is a dreamer. One of an estimated 3.6 million people living in the U.S. after having arrived undocumented as a youth. Among them are nearly 800,000 who, by meeting any of a number of criteria, military service, a high school, high school diploma, no criminal record, and more, were approved for President Obama's Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals Program. DACA, an initiative that Trump, who recently called some dreamers no longer very young and very tough hardened criminals, wants to shut down. The Supreme Court will likely decide their fate next year. Despite the fact that so many people want to see us fail, we are thriving, says Sarahi Espinoza Salamanca, 30, a dreamer from the Forbes, under 30 class of 2016, and a part of our dreamer team of list alumni working to help others who grew up undocumented. We are becoming doctors, teachers, lawyers, engineers, entrepreneurs, and so many other amazing things, including hip hop stars for sure. <clears throat> 21 Savage has had it better than most of his cohort 
since arriving on the scene in 2016 with an appearance on Drake's platinum single, Sneak It. He went on to work with a host of other under 30 alumni, including Migos, Cardi B, and Post Malone. Rockstar, his 2017 duet with the latter top charts in North America, Europe, and Australia. 21 solo debut reached number two on Billboard's album chart that year. His next release the following year hit number one. That didn't stop ICE from detaining him after a traffic stop six weeks later. According to his legal team, 21 was told he'd be deported over a prior conviction even though it had been vacated and he had a new visa pending. ICE declined to comment on the matter earlier this year and did not reply to recent follow-up inquiry. He was released only after efforts by a broad coalition, including his own representatives as well as Jay-Z, Black Lives Matter, culminated in the delivery of a slew of cardboard boxes featuring 450,000 petition signatures to ICE, ICE's Atlanta headquarters. It was not just about the petition gathering, but it was also about getting more awareness out, said Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors. Black immigrants are criminalized two times by their immigration status and because of racial injustice. In the aftermath, 21's fortunes have improved in many ways, including financially. His average nightly concert gross was about 50,000 around the time of his detention and is doubled since, as he has become a cause celebrity. I, I'm an example, 21 Savage says. People who didn't think it affected certain people can say, wow, it affected him. Who would have ever thought that? The Dreamer Team. 21 Savage is one of the many Forbes under 30 alumni who grew up undocumented. Here's a look at a handful who are finding innovative ways to elevate Dreamers nationwide. Under 30 class of 2019, Vanessa Luna, co-founder of M Schools, the Teach for America veteran startup, which currently operates in Texas and New York, trains nearly 2,000 educators to help support 60,000 undocumented students in those two immigrant-heavy states. The current and former criminalizing of the community for seeking better opportunities in this country has led to anxiety, trauma, and the fear of family separation, says Luna. Despite this threat, undocumented youth still show up to school and seek out the education they deserve. Well, there's a lot of um, CEOs and co-founders. The next one is going to be um, Class of 2018, Reina, Reina Montoya. Her the founder of CEO Aliento, a founding member of Teach for America's DACA Advisory Board, Montoya created Phoenix-based Aliento Spanish for Breath to support dreamers via extracurricular educational workshops and art programs. There are a lot of good people who want to support, but their level of urgency is different. She says, we are dreamers, cannot wait for another presidential election for people like my students and I to be protected. Class of 2017, Denise Rojas Marquez and Jairut New, I don't know how to say his name, but Lack Hisben Shinkor, <laughs> co-founders pre-health dreamers. 
The duo's organization pairs undocumented students with jobs in a variety of medical professions for individuals to continue to go to work, to pursue higher education and start businesses knowing that our existence is the U.S. is in peril takes an enormous amount of courage, explains Marquez. Lack, I can't say his last name, originally from Thailand, is one of the six plaintiffs in the landmark DACA suit to be decided next year. Hearing the cries of undocumented, unafraid, through the walls of the Supreme Court, even in the face of uncertainty, grounded me to move forward, he says. Class of 2016, Sarahi Espinoza, Salamanca, founder and CEO of Dreamers Roadmap. The app she created helps undocumented students with admissions, scholarships, and financial aid. It has been downloaded nearly 40,000 times since it released in 2016, says Salamanca. I always keep in mind this beautiful Mexican proverb, which reminds me of who we are. They try to bury us. They didn't know we were seeds. Class of 2015, Maria Gabriela Pancheco, Director of Advocacy, Development, and Communications, the Dream.us. In 2013, Pacheco became the first undocumented Latina to testify before Congress discussing U.S. immigration policy. She now helps us run the largest college access organization for undocumented youth. Our greatest source of hope is that we grew up in this nation understanding and knowing our full history, says Pacheco. Our country has always found a way to come to rectify its wrongdoing. We are called dreamers for a reason. Well, well, well. All I can really say about this topic is, you know, everybody can dream. Everybody's a dreamer. And I also would like to say that um, the whole situation that really, really bothered me was the situation where 21 Savage got deported. I honestly think they were just fucking with that man because I feel like they already knew he came from over there. So I don't know why they are just like, you know, so goddamn extra about it, but it is what it is. But you know, shout out to my boy Tony Savage, and I am so happy that those women have created things for people. That is that's amazing. I'm so proud. Woohoo! I know I sound sarcastic, y'all, but you know, hey, it's your girl Ryan X. You did. <laughs> are just clout chasing on Juice World because they ain't never had an experience. Uh, Most of these people haven't had a near-death experience, have never worked with him, have never did an interview with him, have never talked to him a day in his life. And now we got people now listening to his music. You want to know why? Because death is a popular way of marketing in the industry. That is the highest Thing of marketing death. I mean, look at fucking when Tupac died, his shit was selling like a motherfucker. Same way XX Tentacion, that thing was up, 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 up. It was just high. You know what I'm saying? If it wasn't for that happening, his songs wasn't even on. It was on the charts, but it was nowhere near the top five. It was at least the top 10 or top 20 or top 15. You know what I'm saying? It was nowhere near top five. 
de- like I said, death is the number one thing in the industry of marketing. That's the truth. In the industry, death is the number one spot for marketing and advertising. Because when Juice World died, his song ended up being number one on the charts. That song was, n- look, even 100 with y'all, that song was always on the charts. But now that motherfucker is number one. Same thing with FX, his song Sad was number one. That song was at least probably like number 15, number 20. It was nowhere near top five. So what y'all need to do is stop clout chasing. Stop acting like you like these people. You only liking these people because they dead. How would you feel if you was dead and you was an artist? And motherfuckers was liking your shit. You will feel like, damn, these motherfuckers only liking my shit because I'm dead. <laughs> Bruh, like, what the? Like, see, I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all know I cuss too much, but damn, like, this is a topic to be cussing. It's ridiculous. All I gotta say is, man, stop acting like some fake ass fans. Stop that shit. Cause Juice World don't even want you to do that. Guarantee you he was still alive, he wouldn't want y'all doing that. He would want you to genuinely like his music. Not for you to like his music cause he did. I'm off this topic, this shit gonna piss me off. All right, our next topic is gonna be graffiti street artist phase two dies at 61. The hip-hop culture mourns the loss of graffiti artist and flyer designer Phase 2, also known as Lonnie Wood. Hip-hop pioneer MC Debbie D was one of the many people that tweeted her condolences to the passing of her friend. In the 70s, he and Buddy Esquire weren't the go-to, were the go-to flyer makers. If you couldn't get one, you got the other. Two of the best flyer makers to ever do it. Rest those hands, my brother. Debbie D wrote on Twitter. Phase 2 was one of the first graffiti artists to become popular in his community. He was a DJ, made flyers, and was a member of the B-Boy Crew, Electrified Movement. I mean, movement. I apologize. Phase 2 is also widely recognized for creating the bubble letter style in writing. As the spray painting society took off during the late 1970s, Wood engaged himself in spreading the developing hip-hop scene from the Bronx to Manhattan. Since the beginning of his career to now, Phase 2 has demonstrated his work in various presentations devoted to urban art and aerial soul. He keeps on living in New York, New York, one of the hip one of hip-hop's very well-known record producers, Dante Ross, also spoke out in regard to the passing of the legend. If you ever wrote graph or just enjoyed the art form, you are indebted to the man phase two. Rest in paint phase two, a true legend and historian of the culture. The man's contributions are so important. Thank you for everything you gave us. True legend, true legend. We send our condolences to the loved ones of phase two. May his word live on forever. Man. 
this shit, everybody done. Like, I ain't trying to be funny or nothing, but like, the death rate in 2019, from 2018 to 2019, was fucking ridiculous. We done lost so many goddamn artists, so many goddamn good-ass people in this world. It's always the good ones that go, you know what I'm saying? It's always the innocent souls. So Nicki Minaj paid tribute to Juice World and couldn't help but get emotional. Minaj was being awarded the 2019 Billboard Women in Music's The Game Changer Award on Thursday night. Talked about how she and the late musician recently toured together, called him a kindred spirit. I had a great conversation with him, and while we walked to the stage, he held my hand and told me to stay calm and to pray. Minaj told the audience. He said that he had been trying to do just that. I was so shocked to hear him, of all people, tell me that. But right there in that moment, with him telling me that, I actually did feel calm. I felt like he was a kindred spirit. Juice World, whose given name was Gerard Anthony Higgins, suffered a medical emergency last week after he arrived at Chicago's Midway International Airport. He was taken to a nearby hospital where he subsequently died. The cause of death for Higgins, who turned 21 earlier this month, is still undetermined after an autopsy. Minaj went on to say she feels regret in the after aftermath of his sudden passing. Looking back now, I wish I did something differently or said something to help. He spoke to me in detail about how in love he was with his girlfriend and how passionate he was about music. When he was in the studio with me, he did so many songs so quickly. He was honest and pure about what he felt that inspired me, Minaj said. Juice was the most streamed, liked, and reposted artist of 2018, according to SoundCloud. He ranked up a huge following with his hits like Lucid Dreams and All Girls Are the Same. Juice World made a profound impact on the world in such a short period of time. His label, Interscope Records, said in a statement, He was a gentle soul whose creativity knew no bounds, an exceptional human being, an artist who loved and cared for his fans above everything else. Tributes to the last performer have been posted by fellow artists and fans, including Drake, Lil Nas X, and Ellie Golding, who collaborated with Juice on the song Heat. Well, one thing I want to say about that is, um, honestly, I respect the fact that Nicki Minaj has some words to say about Juice World on the situation with him, like, you know, the whole situation where he popped all those Percocet pills and, you know, supposedly trying to hide it from the feds but i feel like that's not entirely true i feel like the people that he was with like they drugged him 
I think that's what truly honestly happened. I don't believe that he popped all those Percocet pills to hide him from the face. Like, I really don't think that's what happened. But what am I, who am I to say that if, you know, we don't have like a legit answer from the autopsy? Like, there, it's still un undetermined. Until then, I, I still personally believe that he wasn't trying to hide shit from the feds. I think the people that he was with, you know, they drugged him. That's what I understand. But I feel like Nicki Minaj, you know, saying all these little words, I, I have two, two opinions. One is, you know, I'm glad she has something nice to say about him, you know what I mean? But I feel like she's just saying that to get attention, personally because Nicki Minaj is known for that. She's known for like, you know, being the center of attention in every situation. I don't know if y'all even noticed that, but that's the truth. It's a fact. But other than that, I'm glad she has something nice to say. Thank you for that. Good morning, everyone. It's your girl, Raya X, and you already know what it do. It is your daily hip-hop exclusives. Tune in to the honorable DJ Metal Monkey Radio Show. Bitch.